Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. It's just me today. Phil has gone back to the US finally for a well-earned break for a couple of weeks. So it'll just be me. And then after maybe a couple of weeks, I think we're going to have him on uh, live, like via video from Florida, I think. But it doesn't matter. We don't need him. So we've got a interesting show today because I've got some interesting updates. So uh, the first update is we have really made some big changes to our free trial. Now, before our free trial was it included 80 lessons and we had all these people on the on the trial and they weren't progressing. They weren't going through uh, and actually taking the lessons. Now, that's to be expected of anybody, of course. You know, there's only a small amount of people relatively that actually make their way through. But our percentage of people that purchase the Mandarin Blueprint method uh, it, it, that actually do something and, and work their way through is pretty high, you know, compared to other courses that we've experienced. But the free trial was just like, it was a bit strange. So we did some analysis, some research. We got some, uh, we got consult consultation about it. And it's kind of that thing where you get so much choice and so much content. It was basically, I, I think a lot of people were getting analysis paralysis or that itch that they had, that, you know, my Chinese is not good or I don't, I want to learn Chinese and I don't know how. The, the itch that we scratch, I think we scratched it a little bit too much by giving away too much in, uh, free stuff. And they either didn't know what to do with it all, uh, they, so they didn't make any decision to go for it, or they thought, oh, you know, put it aside for another time, which is completely understandable. You know, we all, we all do that, right? So we decided to make some big changes to that. We've made it far shorter, and we've actually got me and Phil uh, guiding the user through. So. If you're listening to this and you haven't signed up for the Mandarin Blueprint Method course, any of the subscriptions, I mean, go and test, try out the free trial. It's very straightforward. It's much, much clearer than it was before, and it's awesome. And in fact, even if you just sign up to the Mandarin Blueprint Method, just pay the money for any of the subscriptions. It's either $30 up front for a month's subscription or uh, $90 up front for six months, so $15 a month, which is the most sort of... I guess the most uh, worthwhile option if you're in it for the short term. And we also have a, a uh, lifetime subscription if that's sort of thing you might be interested in. But it doesn't really matter whether you take the free trial first or you sign up or you sign up late because we have a 90 day guarantee now. So, uh, and you know, we of course honor that. And if you sign up for any of our subscriptions, use our stuff for 89 days and then decide, I don't like these guys' faces or I don't like the materials, or it's not working for me, we'll rush your money back to you. And we'll actually be very interested in that as to why we've done it, because we've had such a high success rate with the course so far. Uh, so that's for, I guess, people not on the course. For people on the course, we've made some updates. So we're going to release those EPUBs this week. In fact, by the time this podcast comes out, the EPUBs should be with you. Um, so we're going to put them sort of at the end of the levels in that level reviews. But I think what we'll also do for um, for people already on the course is that we will maybe send a personal email to you so you can download them all in one go. So it's nice and easy for you. So these EPUBs are basically so that you can use, you can basically listen to the stories and read the stories or the dialogues or the opinions, the paragraphs all this extra reading and listening content that you unlock after phase four. 
phase four and five in the course. And you can just have the EPUBs with you and you can walk and listen and read. Well, don't do that obviously, unless it, if it's dangerous for you. But you can use that and you can use that to shadow where you listen and read and speak at the same time, which as we've talked about several times, is just such an incredibly effective technique. Um, so that's something that we thought we'd add to the course to, because you know, it's yeah, you get everything in your Anki cards, your flashcards, but you might not want to ha have to access Anki in order to just read the stuff that you want to read. So that's an extra thing that we're going to add in very soon. So, well, by the time this is released, that should be with you. I'm actually working on that today. I'm extra busy because Phil's away. Uh, we've also been slowly plugging away at the character expansion. It's probably going to be because, so again, for those of you not sure, not on the course, we currently cover 600 characters, and it's much deeper than characters, of course. As I just mentioned, we have characters, words, sentences, you know, dialogues, stories, all this stuff. But we have sort of made a pledge to the people on on the course already who are our current subscribers. We're going to get that expanded. We're going to go past 600 characters because there's already a handful of people uh, who have made it, despite the fact that we've only released it for a few months, people have already gone through the entire order and learned the, all the 600 characters and all the you know they're working their way through the other content now so we want to stay ahead of that uh, we don't just want to focus on getting new clients we want to focus on serving the ones we currently have right so they keep paying that subscription and so that we are worthwhile um, worth that monthly uh, price for those people so we're going to expand it by about 700 characters as well as all the writing material that comes with that afterwards but first focus is that and we're slowly plugging away at it it's going to take a little bit longer than we said probably i think about two months ago we said three months it's probably going to be closer to five or six because of some delays that we've had but that is on the way it's on the way we're always working on it a little bit every day so that's uh, that's about it for the updates let's jump into today's content so as usual we're going to just go through it by category so i'm going to start off with props Props, again, if you don't know any of these different categories that I'm going to mention throughout this podcast, there's always a blog post link in the description, in the show notes. So you can just click on that and get a deeper understanding of what that's all about. Props. We've had quite a lot this week, so I'll, I'll try and go through them fairly quickly. Again, if you're not interested in hearing about the props, if that's not something that you need help with or inspiration for, Go ahead and skip to the next section, actors or movies. It's all in the show notes. So it's nice and navigatable for you. So the first pick a prop we have here is from Chad Ressler for character 143. Now this prop is for the two little bamboo bits that are a very common component in characters. And he's decided to go for two people practicing kung fu forms together. The form is like a series of kung fu technique martial art techniques in a row they do it in lots of different martial arts so i picture two chinese construction workers with hard hats practicing their kung fu together really cool as usual from chad uh, but one thing is just because there's two symbols doesn't mean you have to have two things to represent it's, it's remember it's, it's seen as one prop so those two symbols you could have well i actually used to have a, a, a cause i used to do martial arts myself back in back in my teenage years and I used to use the, my weapon of choice was a staff, right? So um, I used that sort of, you know, that floppy staff that the Shaolin monks use. 
that was mine. It's fine, you know, but uh, either way, I just, uh, I like to keep mine as, as simple as possible, just one object or one person, but uh, I'm sure that works fine for Chad. Next one is Bran, uh, sorry, Bran, I've watched Game of Thrones recently. Brad Vant Hull on character number six, Ban, that's half. Pick a prop. So uh, he says, I understand that Ban means half. How does half a fruit resemble what this character and later component looks like? Well, it doesn't. <laughs> it represents the meaning. So there's two ways. We talk about this. You're very early on in the method, so you, you probably already know this by now. Uh, but you can, there's two ways that we, we decided you can pick props, as in objects that represent the components, based on the meaning. Or, well, actually, there's three ways, technically. Based on the meaning, based on the appearance, or based on the, or based on both. So let me uh, explain. So, uh, for example, dung, the two little bamboo things, you know, they are, they represent bamboo, right? So you'd have a bamboo staff that's based on the meaning. Uh, ban is means half. So you have, we recommend half a fruit or vegetable or something, probably a fruit to represent that meaning. But ban, and the reason why we do that uh, is because ban as a component doesn't really look like much or a character it's hard to find something that looks exactly like that or anywhere near similar to it really so you be, i'm sure you could eventually if you thought thought hard enough and long enough but just keep it simple and there's another thing as well like uh, the there's a component in um jiao, like to call someone that character it looks very much like a number four so you could have uh for example for that you could have a golf club four so it's sort of based on the the meaning and the appearance. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? So, it, and these are all loose guidelines, but uh, generally, yeah, those are the three ways that you pick props. It's very flexible. Eric Brown on character 187, as in kui, like able to pick a prop. <laughs> and he says, so glad Mr. Meeseeks was in the Yankee cards. He's perfect. Isaac, you know, because Mr. Meeseeks from Rick and Morty, Phil and I are pretty big fans, Phil especially, of Rick and Morty and uh, Mr. Meeseeks, you know, I'm not going to do an impression of him because it's just embarrassing. But uh, he always says, can do, like he can do everything, you know, can do. That's this sort of uh, hilarious phrase. So can, that's another example of a prop based on the meaning, right? Yeah, of course. And the next one, another one from Chad, character 151, which means, uh, it's like basically means female. Um, but yeah, it's in like, uh, all sorts of different words representing female. Empress Dowager Cixi, I think. I don't know what the tones are for that. Uh, she was a mother of Daichun, who was a young boy when he became emperor. Interesting. She's also an important mother in Chinese history. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that these Mu should be a fictional, uh, but I may, I've, I'm sure she's represented in lots of fictional uh, things, so that would be fine. Great. Uh, Chad always uses real Chinese, either actors or uh, people from history or movie, like Kung Fu movie stars, which is a really good idea. Uh, Devon, Dev, Dev Chen on character 16. Jiao, ah, this is the character I was talking about with the little number four thing. No way. Oh, is it? Yeah, he has actually got the, yeah, he's talking about that exact same prop, uh, which is really handy, because I'm sure some of you listening didn't know what I was talking about. So check the show notes, you can see. Jiao, uh, pick a prop for that little number four thingy. My choice, a tuning fork uh, for a guitar. I don't know what that, I, I imagine it looks like the tuning fork that I'm thinking of, which is fantastic because you can really easily incorporate sound effects into that, can't you? So a lot of, uh, one of the key things 
about choosing actors, uh, that you know, having people and objects is that you use the characteristics of those people and objects. You employ them in the in the movies that you shoot to learn the characters. So you can imagine that you, that tuning fork sound will come into play a heck of a lot, and that's that'll be really handy. Harry C on character seventy five xia, which means down. Uh, how about a jackhammer? Shape kind of looks like it, and it goes below the ground. So this is. This is awesome, actually. I haven't actually pre-read this. I probably should have, but I haven't actually pre-read any of this. So this is working out really well to explain my points. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it looks like something underground anyway. It's an ideogram, um, but it means down. And he's kind of combined that because jackhammers go into the ground, but it does kind of look like a jackhammer as well. So awesome. Um, I imagine jackhammer, I, mean, I, I think jackhammer is like a pneumatic drill. I might be wrong, but I'm not going to look that up. But anyway. It works. Well done. Uh, next, we've got another one from Devin on character 14, Cole Mouse. Oh, actually, so yeah, so this one is the pick a prop. So we get really, you know, we get very uh, detailed about this. <clears throat> so this prop here, this sort of kind of like a, well, it's called a break in Chinese uh, stroke writing. It's just that sort of right angle there. So we get to get you to pick a prop for that. Don, oh, yeah, we, we suggest horse's head. Uh, it's because it's, well, you'll find out in the course or you already know. Don Vito Corleone. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Right? So anyone seen The Godfather knows what I'm talking about. Anyone who hasn't, I'm not going to bother explaining to you. Just go and watch the film. Uh, but it is related to a horse's head. Another one from Dev on character 12. Ooh, as in noon. But it's this one's for the pick a prop for that little guy at the top. Little sort of thing. We, we say represent a loser because it looks like a man on the ground. Just like, uh, whatever. So, my choice for Danny Alves, formerly Brazil national team, formerly FC Barcelona, currently PSG. He knows a lot about football, this guy. <laughs> He's a wonderful player, but also does like to flop quite a bit. Oh, as in, like, pretend he's injured. And, yeah, that's the thing that I always hated about um, football, and I'm sure a lot of people do, even people that love the game. Um, so, that's, that's fantastic. That relates really well to that, uh, to that prop. Uh, and another one here, 156, as in small. Pick a prop for that. Chad went with the Miyagi drum from the movie Karate Kid. It was small drum, and it looked somewhat like the character as well. It does, yeah. You've got the, you've got the thing here, and you've got the two little balls doing that. Very good. And again, sound effects. That's awesome for sound effects. So next, let's move on to actors. So these are, again, uh, if you don't know what they are, go ahead and click that blog post link in the description, in the uh, show notes. So William Edmides on character six, half, band. So we, we ask you to choose an actor for the letter B to represent the, that initial in uh, opinion. Hey guys, so I've got yet another question for you. I, I can't decide what to use as the B actor between Bill Nye, the science guy, and Bear Grylls, since I know them both so well, not personally, unfortunately. Would it be okay if I use them both for the B initial, or is it best to just use the one to avoid confusion? So I actually answered this one previously. Uh, this one would be basically, uh, for this one I would, I would recommend that William, you generally as a, as a rule, just stick to one person. You know, it doesn't matter too much. But also, it doesn't matter too much. So if you really want to go for two people, that's not going to confuse you, is it? Because they're both B, and both know that you know them both very well. I can't see how that would hurt you at all. Um, and 
just never force yourself to do that and you'll be fine. You know, just go go the easy route, the path of least uh, uh, least resistance or whatever. Uh, but yeah, the art, we, we always give these guidelines and rules, but um, we're always adding our own rules and we're always breaking and bending the rules anyway. And they're, they're just guidelines, uh, you know. So if you want to push the limits a little bit or t completely change something, then please go ahead. We've had lots of cool stuff that people, our own clients have invented and, and added onto the course just because they've, had little ideas you know along the way so yeah don't feel too restricted in that sense uh the next one's uh devon again on um, character 12 Ooh. so picking a casting call picking an actor for that wu which would be a fictional actor he chose wuthering heights heathcliff wuthering wu so there's some sort of connection there with the spelling even though heathcliff does not start with a w there's a strong connection with emily bronte's only novel Wuthering Heights. Yes, that's it. he asks, is that okay in your opinion? Again, just like with William above, of course, that's fine. Um, these are only guidelines to help the initial sort of path through the, the, the method, the course, uh, a little bit uh, easier. Uh, but yeah, please do stuff like that. If that as long as it's, it makes it easier for you, that's, that's fine. Uh, on character 13, Nian, as in year, so N-I would be a female actor that you'd want to choose. She chose the actress Nini from Rise of the Phoenixes. I'm not sure about that one, but uh, as long as you know who that is, that's good. She's hot in my opinion, my honest opinion. I'm glad you're being honest there, Devin. Thank you. Um, and another one, character 16, Jiao. So again, that, for the third time, we're mentioning this character in today's podcast. Um, picking the cast and call, that's J-I. So anything with the E-I sound will be a female. He chose Jin Yan, Wu Jin Yan, um, story of Yanxi Palace, Yanxi Gongyu, um, role Yanxi Gongyu. Yeah. So again, another fictional. Uh, oh, oh no, sorry, uh, another female uh, Chinese person, which I don't know, I've never heard of, but Devon does, which is the, the important thing. Okay, so that's about it for the casting calls and the pick of props. The next sort of section is just a kind of a mishmash of all sorts of different stuff we received. There's some movies in there. There's um, make a movie lessons. Uh, it's a word, new vocab unlocked, as well as just a bunch of other comments and emails that we received. So let's let's go through some of these. So the next one is from Andy Springer. Andy Springer is actually a guy who lives in Chengdu, works at a local bar, actually, that I really like. Um, and he is smashing Chinese at the moment. He's really, um, and he's one of our original crew. He is um, one of our live clients one of our very first clients back in the day when we were like uh, sort of grinding through and, and trying to figure out and tweak and perfect the course and uh, yeah so great guy um andy but andy springer on language learning tripod effectiveness uh, sorry attentiveness can't speak today so what this is is this is a, a really inspirational idea i found from steve kaufman He's actually tweaked his own ideas about this recently, um, but he, I still like it. The idea of the language learning tripod. You need these three things if you wanna learn language effectively. Time, you need to invest the time, you need to have attitude, a good attitude, positive attitude, belief you can do it and confidence. And the third is attentiveness. You need to pay attention and notice things. This is actually the, the one part of the tripod that he's uh, updated and changed um, since making it, but I, I still like it. I, think, I still think uh, it holds true today for me. So he says, Andy says, awesome unit going through this now is helping me understand many of the mistakes I was making in my pronunciation. Oh, sorry. So this comment isn't actually about the, the tripod there. But anyway, 
the difference between typical E with diphthong, as in a two, like an owl, like a two sound single syllable, and fifth tone E seems so obvious listening to others now, but I wasn't implementing it. Looking forward to more information to clarify my understanding in the next unit. Yeah, me and Phil have talked about, I keep saying me and Phil, sorry, my grammar is terrible. Phil and I have talked about this several times in the past. Uh, and I, again, this was an inspiration from uh, another person that we follow and very much admire, which is Ollie Lynch from Hacking Chinese. I remember seeing this in one of his articles years ago, which was um, theory is key, but it's only a very small part of it. You know, you need theory. Learning theory improves pronunciation, especially when it comes to pronunciation. So you might think that pronunciation is all about practice, right? You want to get the tones right, you've got to just practice, practice, practice. Or you want to pronounce things uh, like more like close to a native speaker, practice. Yes, it's like 90% of it. But a lot of things, you need theory to be able to notice things. And that's one of the key topics that we talk about in the video, I guess. Um, and I guess the same thing goes for a lot of areas, like you know, grammar as well. Uh, grammar is a lot about reading and listening and of course, practicing speaking later on and even and writing is fantastic for grammar and solidifying what you know from uh, what you've learned from listening and reading. But having grammar rules pointed out to you, grammar patterns pointed out to you, whether through someone telling you or visually, it, it can help. It can go towards you having that click moment, that aha moment with the grammar thing. And I think that's what Andy's uh, talking about here. So thanks a lot, uh, Andy. I'm glad that helped. And the next one we have here is from William Edmedes again on bonus SRS, the memory game. A couple of videos from the pronunciation mastery course there. So bonus videos all about SRS, why it's so key, spaced repetition software, and why we include Anki cards for every single thing that we teach you, down to the actors and the sets and the props, and of course, any pronunciation thing. I think we have about 10,000 flashcards at this point. And of course, when we expand the course, we're going to have Probably around double that, I guess. Um, anyway, William says, I just have to say, the movie scenes we're creating remind me of those little animations you see on the scoreboard when you go bowling, like when you get a split or a strike or something. That's awesome, and that's nothing to do with the actual video, and I've got to really read these comments before making my own comments. But um, thank you very much, uh, William. I'm glad. I hope that's a positive thing for you. I mean, I hope that makes it more visual or makes it more interesting and fun. You've got a little smiley face there on the end, so I assume that's a good thing. Devin Chen on bonus video, the six types of Chinese character, part three of three. So we talk about, actually, I'm gonna read this first. Okay, yes, it is about the actual video. So the six types of Chinese character, we break them down um, and talk about why, you know, what the, what the six types are, especially the first, the most important, the most common three types to focus on. He says, this video stands out for its expositional clarity. Uh, the graphics are well constructed and the explanation economical and efficient. Not too simple, not too complicated, just right. It's really good, thanks. I mean, that's what anyone that's trying to teach someone something this is pretty much exactly what they want to hear. <laughs> so thanks, Devin, for that. Harry C on new vocabulary unlocked. He says, or he asks, in the vocabulary videos, you guys make it a point to say, unsuspend these cards in Anki. I'm a bit confused since you don't say that for the other videos. 
Isn't it the same process we've been doing to unsuspend all the types of cards or is there something special or different that we should be doing the vo with the vocabulary word review cards? There isn't anything different about how we unsuspend these word review cards compared to how we unsuspend the movie, prop, actor cards. Uh, question, Mark. Thanks, guys. No, there isn't. Uh, it's all in order, right? So it's it, you can unsuspend whatever you want to review. You don't necessarily even have to review everything. Um, but when it comes to characters and stuff, you certainly do, you know, characters, words. Um, you can actually, when it comes to sentences, the reason why we suspend everything, you know, this is until we develop the app that we really, really want to develop, but, you know, we have our limitations. Um, you can, when it comes to things that are absolute necessities, like uh, characters, these are the absolute necessities, characters, words, you know, uh, at least words until you built your foundation. Um, that first, uh, I think it's about five, 600 compound words. Um, Everything to do with like actors and, and sets and uh, props and later on sentences and all that stuff. It's kind of optional because, you know, not everyone, um, we, we just highly recommend it. We highly recommend it. And when it comes to uh, like with the actors and the props and the sets, go just do that. You know, we say you don't have to have to have to, but you might as well. So it'll make it, it's very quick, very simple to do the, do the cards. It takes like a nanosecond for each one. And it's gonna just save you the trouble of having to look up your actors and stuff and your sets. And oh, what's that prop again for me? Cause there might be a while between, like a gap of time between using one or the other. So we just did that for your own convenience in the long term, uh, especially for beginners with the method. But when it comes to sentences, for example, you know, it's all in order. So you, with sentences, you can, uh, you don't have to learn or sorry, review or read and listen and un or unsuspend every single sentence card or dialogue card or whatever it is. You only do the ones that are, well, first of all, you have to do the ones with the asterisks that next to it, the very key ones that you'll see in the, because um, they go together to form paragraphs and opinions later, so they're very vital. But uh, there's also, you should set yourself a limit of one sentence per usage. So say a, a word, uh, a character has, uh, you know, it's a word or a compound word, new vocabulary unlocked. One word has three usages and it has, you know, two sentences per usage, that is six sentences in total. You only need to choose your favorite sentence. If you want to be extra uh, efficient, you know, you could choose just one sentence per use, you know, so you can see each use of that word in context. But in reality, you know, you can just, um, uh, you can just, uh, uh, just, you can skip over the other the other uh, sentence in that usage. Or, you know, if you want to go the whole hog and yeah, it's never going to hurt you to get more input, go ahead and just do all the cards in order as we lay them out. But we just say that, you know, we, we filmed so many of these videos and we're not going to remember everything that we <laughs> said. So um, we just, we, we every now and then we say stuff, stuff like that. So sorry that we confused you, but yeah, just unsuspend everything in order. Treat it all. Uh, in a similar way. Okay, the next comment we have here is from Erin H on Unit 5 Wrap Up. Hi, quick Anki question. If I click on the deck Mandarin Blueprint Pronunciation Mastery, does it bring up the cards to review from all units? Or do I need to first review all of the cards in each unit or sub deck? They're also called chil child decks or children decks. Then move on to the next unit. To sum up, how and when do I use the deck and subdecks? 
So this is, of course, for the pronunciation mastery course. So there are 10 units. I don't believe there are flashcards for unit 10. I think, yeah, but anyway, you have, I think it's like nine units. It's been ages, sorry, since we made the course. I'm trying to, trying to think. But we have, um, you'll, you'll get, you'll have like a mother deck in your Anki. Uh, and that would just be called, yeah, like you say, Mandarin Blueprint Pronunciation Mastery. And below that, sort of indented, you'll have like the children decks, unit one, two, three, four, five, etc. So you can just click on the Mandarin Blueprint Pronunciation Mastery, and it will automatically review all of the decks, the total of those reviews. You'll review those sort of, I, I believe it's also in, in uh, the order of, I think it's randomized as well to some degree. I, I can't remember exactly, but you just review them all together in bulk. Now you can, we put them separately just in case people only wanted to review cards from certain units. But yeah, that's basically how it goes. Oh, and, and she said, uh, thanks in advance, and I'm really enjoying the course. So that's, that's great to hear. Thanks. Uh, next one's from Sydney Green on character 294. We just did a case study, actually. We just had a chat with uh, Sydney this morning. Well, I did, sorry. And uh, he's doing really, really well. 300 characters. Um, uh, he's been struggling with Chinese for a while. And he found, found our method, and he's just... He's just doing so well. He's, he's reading Chinese and he's understanding it and he's really enjoying the process. And that's really, that's just lovely to see that. Um, he says, Shao. This is for character 294, Shao, as in few. New vocabulary unlocked. So this sentence, does this really mean loads, that's the translation, uh, loads of people are wanting to come. So, that means, does that mean loads of people? Would you not then say, lots of people, would not quite a few people be more pro appropriate? Well, actually, this is uh, interesting. So if you say, that means, yeah, it could mean a lot of people, or lots of people. But, yeah, you probably have, you probably have learned this word to mean how many or how much, right? And that's, that's, that's the most common usage, but it's also used to mean loads, like how we would say, that's loads of people. So yeah, that's just a, a, a sort of a less common usage of that word. So that's uh, really interesting. I found that very interesting and, and, and surprising as well when I was first learning about it. Okay, we've got a make a movie lesson. This is for those who don't know, this is where we bring everything together and we actually learn the Chinese characters. So we combine the actors and the props and the sets and we bring it all together to represent, they, they interact with everything to represent the meaning of the character. It's the most fun and creative part of everything. So uh, it's on character 155, D, as in ground or floor. So he said, oh, this is Chad. He's in his childhood home in the backyard because it's fourth tone. Actor is Diane, his landlord. Props, a hoe uh, for gardening, the, <laughs> the gardening kind. Uh, he's put in brackets, thanks for that. And scorpion. I'm hanging out with my childhood, in my childhood home when I hear a ruckus outside. I walk outside the back, uh, the back door to see my landlord, Diane, walking a large scorpion on a leash. I ask her what exactly is she doing? She tells me she is over to do some landscaping and has to till the ground in capital letters. She hands the scorpion a hoe 
and it takes it with its pincers and starts tilling amazingly fast. She then tells me that scorpions work much better than rototillers for I don't know for working on the ground. As I'm not, you know, I don't I don't know about that sort of stuff. <sighs> I really should though. In only a few minutes, the scorpion has the ground prepared, and my landlord starts planting her new flowers. I love it when Chad does his his, his scenes because he always adds in a few little bits of personality and flavor a lot you know a lot of the stuff is is like he's already got a fantastic story he could have stopped two two uh sentences in but he, he always adds a lot of just interesting details and i'm sure that's going to pay off in the long term and i'm sure it doesn't take him very long by now to do that you don't have to do that detailed but um it's always interesting to read uh chad's movie scenes and it's another home run of course dev chen on character 11 shen uh, meaning, I guess, I mean, means what? Uh, make a movie. So let's have a look. The SH is Shin Lim, a magician. The left prop, which we say represent a, a human or a man. You know, we usually suggest a man, but he, he's cho he's chosen Melissa Fumero, a beautiful assistant. I guess she's like a, you know, a good representation of humankind, I guess. That's why I chose her. And the crucifix represents the cross. So this is much, much shorter, because it represents what, you know, and we, we actually, I remember saying this in the, I think I did this video, um, you know, what is a very abstract concept. You, know, like, you might think, how could I possibly re represent the idea of what? I mean, what is that all about? Oh, okay, yeah, gestures, you know, gestures, facial expressions. What do you do when you say what? So let's see what he says. Uh, the crucifix disappears from the magician's hands reappears from his mouth with smoke. Melissa is amazed. What just happened? Boom. <laughs> so uh, again, if you're, not on the, if you're not on the course, which you, know, you should be by now, to just go and find out for yourself. It sounds crazy um, and you should be skeptical of this sort of stuff, but it's, it, 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 it works. And that's a really simple, really quick, really effective movie scene. We've got quite a long one here from Jay, but it's a great email. He says, hey guys, loving the course, it's just terrific. And I can really see all of the hard work and deep thought you've put into it. Years ago, I had a book that used memory techniques to learn meaning, pronunciation, characters, and tones. He, he might be, oh, and tones, so he's not referring to the Heisig. I'm not sure what he's referring to there. I thought it was, I would be interested to know actually, uh, Jay. I thought it was the perfect answer. As long as I've long been attracted to such things, but it was full of fairies and dwarfs. They represented second and fourth tones, apparently. Stories I didn't relate to. That's really annoying. And hundreds of sound words. Um, I got overwhelmed rather quickly. Your innovations with resorting initials and finals and memory palace stuff is far superior. Well, I must say that uh, that's not our our actual innovation. We have our own innovations relating to the method, and we definitely added and, and changed a lot to it, but. Uh, the original innovations go, uh, the, the credit has to go to um, Serge Gorodish from the country of the blind. Um, the, the, the original uh, idea of that initials and finals um, idea, he actually, you know, it, we, and we, I talked to him on, on, his, on his website and said, this is fantastic. This is, and um, we've, you know, we've gone through that. Um, and, you know, it, he, he is the one that originally came up with that specific idea. Um, uh, so yeah, go go and check out his his blog at countrytheblind at blogspot.com. Um, 
The Memory Palace stuff is far superior, and with all of the personal connections, I don't anticipate any capacity issues. Capa I, oh, I guess you mean, yeah, like running out of space in your brain or in your bathroom, <laughs> in your mind or whatever it is. Yeah, that's, that's not an issue whatsoever. I'm sure everyone has their own story of the first time they were remembering a character, then had that thought, wait, if Katina is in that house and it's not whatever, it's A-N. You know, so you think of the place and then boom, you've got the pronunciation. Mine hit me a couple, <clears throat> a couple of days ago and made me chuckle out loud. Anyway, great job. Keep it up. Now onto my question. <laughs> okay, this is the actual question. By the way, <clears throat> got an email about a case study after level five. Yep, we, we, we do like to ask our clients for a case study like we've done with Sydney and Chad recently uh, after they reach a certain level. So if anyone else is listening and, and you either received that email or you want to uh, talk to us about the method, how you're doing with it, let us know. Uh, he'd also be, uh, Jay says he'd be happy to do a case study, but he wants to wait a little longer till he's a bit further along. That's fine. So pacing, this is, this is his main question, pacing. As time goes by, some of my early cards are getting sizable increments between reviews. I have a question about how to rate myself in Anki, namely, how quickly should I recognize a character? I'm getting them, but sometimes I need to think a little bit before I get the full movie fully recalled. I'm wondering what the break point should be between clicking hard versus good. Maybe just remembering them is okay for now, and we'll work on speed of recognition when we get to that level that involves something more like reading. Maybe I should be slowing down and working each character until I recognize it quickly. Dunno, so I thought I'd ask. Well, I, I actually gave him quite a long reply to this. I'll try and remember all the points, but basically, you click hard when it it involved it involves several connections in your mind, or it takes I'd say more than five seconds. You know, if it takes more than f one, two, three, four, five, boom. Okay, well then, if it takes longer than that, then it's probably hard, and then it will come up quicker. It will come up like uh, I think it's like fifty percent earlier than it would normally. So that next time is going to be you know you're going to get it quicker. So <clears throat> you'll be able to hit normal probably or good next time also if you're making connections so you know you, rem you remember a character but you first have to go into your memory palace and say okay so that was in this place and who was there again oh it's charlie chaplin all right and then it was blah, 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 and then you get the character maybe that might be hard too maybe you know but it's all about feeling it's all about just uh, yeah. that's that's the that's the basic gist of it and another thing I remember saying to Jay was, you're learning a heck of a lot right now. He's not actually, he's, he's really doing well with the course, but he's, you know, he's, he's, I think he's about 100 characters in. So he's just really starting to hit his stride with this method. But he's still learning loads of stuff. He's, he's unlocking new words and reading sentences and learning, still learning new characters. And there's a lot to go. And I'm sure he's got a, a daily set of tasks. So don't worry if um, it, don't worry, don't try and rush towards reading. You know, you'll you'll get there. Um, let me just make sure I've answered that properly. So I'm just remembering them is okay for now. Yes, remembering them is okay for now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, as well as you know, make make sure to practice writing them at the individual at least once, you know, just once, maybe twice, um, as you review them. Uh but yeah, you passed that card. You you remembered it eventually, fine, hit hard, but don't worry about oh, I have to make sure I remember these characters easily before I want to move on to reading. No, jump in, you know, jump into it, get that mass exposure as quickly as you can. 
All right, and just some odds and ends here that Jay wanted to add on. For your information, just know in particular, particular order, just some thoughts. In the movie review cards, um, I, I put the English on the front. I found myself getting, oh sorry, oh, man. I'm losing my, losing my steam here. All right, hang on a sec. So also Jay just added some extra little things that you other, your listeners might be, <laughs> might be interested in. Um, in the movie review cards with the English on the front, I found myself getting cued too much by the pinion. I felt like he was cheating. So all you do for that, you go to browse and you go to cards and you just change the, the word pinion with the two wobbly brackets and you just cut it and paste it onto the back of the card instead of the front. And now he doesn't see the pinion on the front of the card. Uh, it might not suit everyone, he says, but it's a good tip to offer as an alternative hack. Oh, and there's some other comments here, but it's, it's, it's very specific. Um, you guys can read it in the show notes if you like, but nothing that needs addressing right now. And we've got one final email from Chad. Uh, he says, not sure if you guys were looking for any more ideas for podcast guests, but I've been binge watching this channel the last few days. It's called Lao Y, as in W-H-Y 86, Lao Y 86. And it's a pretty cool channel. It's all about his life in China and his experiences great channel funny i'm learning a bit about the, the culture which is nice be awesome to have him on with you guys and then see him talk about the mandarin blueprint method on his channel he has a few shows where he talks about learning chinese well i didn't know that i actually know about this guy i i think is that sea milk I, I i'm i'm not fully into that youtube community there but I've, i i believe he collaborates with serpent za um, who's very popular and who's someone who I actually watched, oh, I don't know, seven seven years ago, maybe longer. Yeah, seven years ago before I came to China for the uh, second time. Uh, they're both great guys and they they know they know what they're talking about. They and, and they've got <laughs> they've got some um, cojones as well. The stuff they talk about on their YouTube channel, especially living in China, got big respect for that. Uh, but you know, I'd love it. I'd love to have him on. I mean, we're, we're incredibly busy, and I'm sure he is too, and they both are. But uh, I'd be very open to uh, uh, opening up some sort of communication there. We'd have a lot to learn from each other, I think. So, uh, all right. That, well, that's it for the comments and the emails for today. Um, I think we'll just leave it there. So, as usual, guys, if you've got any questions whatsoever that can't wait until the next podcast, or then go ahead and send it directly to contact at mandarinblueprint.com. And if you want something on the podcast or a comment about the podcast or whatever it is related to the podcast, podcast at mandarinblueprint.com. So thank you very much for listening. I hope the podcast hasn't been too terrible without Phil and I'll see you next time.